God, thank you so much again for being here. And as we've prayed already, I pray that your spirit will work in and through us. I pray that uh, your spirit will work in me uh, and in the words that I speak, um, that they would be words that you want us uh, to hear, uh, to transform us into the people that you want us to be. And thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So here we are. Where are we? Good question. Where are we? It's not a trick question. Uh, we're at Granite Church. But in relation to the Bible and Matthew, we're right here at Matthew chapter 13. Start of Matthew chapter 13, uh, which is the third major sermon that out of the five that Jesus does throughout his uh, ministry. Uh, as recorded in Matthew, and it contains seven parables. And it's interesting that the uh, passage opens with the words, that same day, that same day. So therefore, Matthew wants us to know that these parables were given in a certain context, right? Uh, In the context of the attack uh, of the Pharisees upon him. Remember, they, they didn't really like Jesus. They didn't like what he was saying. So this is in that context. Um, it's not as if, uh, for example, that Jesus woke up one morning and decided to go out and start using parables in his teaching. His decision was based on that context of it being rejected. And you can see that if you look at this um, particular parable, you can see that uh, if you look at it, um, and I think, you know, if we summed up what the Pharisees were thinking about Jesus in, in chapter 12, it's that verse 14 where it says the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. So it's with, it, it's with that in mind that he opens uh, 13. But we're not going to start at the beginning of the chapter as we discussed because it's kind of separated, isn't it, by this little... Thing that Jesus does in the middle where he explains. So let's look at that first. Oh, it is to the crowd too. That's interesting to note that he's talking to the crowd in parables uh, and he explains it uh, to his disciples or those that want to hear. Uh, Jesus, uh, so he speaks in parables. So as soon as he finishes that, that little parable, um, he's... Uh, he's talking to the crowd and then uh, his disciples come and say, you know, tell us what this is all about. Uh, why, do you, why do you speak in parables? So it's good for us to think about why Jesus is speaking in parables. Um, and it's interesting because it's, uh, you know, it's not uh, in the same form as the Sermon on the Mount, for example. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is quite forthright. He's not talking in parables. He's, he's teaching Uh, his disciples. But to the crowd he speaks in parables. And uh, the first one is this uh, parable of the sower. And the disciples ask him, why do you speak in parables? So it seems to them, it seems to his disciples, uh, that he wanted, uh, that that if he wanted, that if he wanted people to understand uh, what he was on about, the last thing he should be doing would be uh, using parables, uh, especially left unexplained. Um, so it wasn't odd that he was speaking in parables. Okay, they, 
they thought that the odd thing was that he wasn't explaining the parables. Um, it was, it's almost like uh, me telling a really good story and then announcing the last song for the service. Uh, you would say, great story, but what's the point? Okay, What's the point to the story? And so Jesus said, he said well, some, some will get it and some won't. Right? The idea of the parable, what's the idea of a parable? The idea of a parable uh, is... Uh, it's that of placing uh, something alongside something else for the purpose of comparison, to, to compare. Uh, I think somebody has once said, I've heard this many times growing up, that a parable was a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Right? So parables are relatable. Right? We, we do use them all the time. And they use them uh, in an in, in ancient times as well. So parables are relatable. If you can't relate to them, you can't understand them. Uh, We don't understand them because we don't relate to them. The more we relate, the more we understand. Uh, So it's a matter, isn't it, of, of, of taking what is well known and putting it alongside something that's maybe not so well known. In the Old Testament, uh, you could probably think in particular of one parable that Nathan used uh, with David, King David, right? Do you remember that one? Uh, David didn't, uh, didn't get the meaning of it at first, when he first heard it, but uh, David he actually thought that uh, it was a true story and uh, started to act as if it was. And it was, at that, it was at that point that David um, had really bought into the story that Nathan showed him just what the story was illustra- illustrating, and it was him. You remember that, that was when he killed the, um, Bathsheba's husband, sent him out to the, to the front line. And uh, so when Jesus had finished telling this story... Uh, he said, he who has ears, let them hear. Or if you can't, uh, if you can understand it, then understand it. And I think Jesus is suggesting that we are going to need more than good common sense to work out uh, just what he's on about in this story of the man sowing the seed in the field. And that's why the disciples immediately ask the question, right? And that's why it's important to ask questions. If you don't understand what's being said, you've got to ask questions. And by saying, uh, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, Jesus is actually inviting those who want to know more to come and ask. Yeah? Uh, And his disciples do that. They're interested, they're intrigued, they want to know more. They want to be able to relate to the things that Jesus is talking about. And those who don't come, uh, and the crowd around, or the, the, or with the disciples, those, those that don't want to come and crowd around with the disciples, uh, the, the wanting to know more, those that don't do that, they really don't want to know. Yeah? 
So the question is that, that I think is how do you relate? Because sometimes we will be reading the Bible, we'll go through it, I can't understand it. Can't understand it. Uh, it. Jesus points out that those who understand will go on to understand more, and those who do not understand will end up understanding even less than they thought they did. That makes sense, isn't it? It's a warning uh, from Jesus. The heart of it is that no one remains static in their relationship with God. So if you harden your heart to God, then you'll reject him and then you'll know even less about him. But if you soften your heart, the more you soften, the more you uh, are in uh, scripture, the more you're in prayer and, uh, and, and seeking the Spirit's help, the more you will understand. If you are thirsty and hungry uh, for the things of God, um, there's a, uh, a little saying that says, whatever you give your time to uh, will, will grow in your life. Yeah? Uh, put the good stuff in, the good stuff goes out. Whatever, you, whatever goes in is going to come out eventually and uh, that's the thing that's going to grow in your life. So if you give time to Jesus and to the things of God, you will discover more and more and more about God. You'll have an even deeper and deeper experience of him. And equally so, if you take notice of God, then the things of God will become more... Uh, if you don't take notice of God, the things of God will become more distant from you. So, back to the parable. This first parable of the sower. Uh, and perhaps it's one of the most, most well-known of all the parables, is this one of the sower. Do you think? Hands up. No, you don't. You could do that. Hands up. No, okay. Do you know the parable? Hands up if you know the parable. You should, because we talked about it only just last end of last year. <laughs> Luke chapter 8. Uh, but that's all right. Um, we've got the sower, haven't we? We've got three things, main things here. We've got the sower, we've got the seed, and we've got the soil. And a farmer sowing his seed uh, was probably a very common sight uh, back in that day. The, 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 and the peasant farmer would, would broadcast his seed. Do you, like the, do you like that thing? Broadcast. That means... Scatter it everywhere. Cast it broadly. Yeah? Broadcast the seed. And um, the seed, uh, you know, from a big basket hanging around his neck. He's just going along like this. Is that what you do, the farmers now? Something yeah. a bit like that? It's just that the tractor does it, not you, yeah. or something like that. Well, but now they've got, like, air things injected in. Oh, it's different. Anyway, these are, they're, they're more strategic now. But back then, broadcasting. All right. I'm t trying to tell farmers how to do things. It's like trying to tell grandma how to suck eggs, isn't it? Pretty much. I like that saying. Do you like that saying? Not really. If anybody can suck eggs, it's grandma. That's for sure. You don't. You don't see. You don't. <laughs> that is a legitimate saying. You should Google it. I've heard you say it before, but. Oh, okay. You didn't. You're supposed to Google it. Okay. If you don't understand anything, ask. That's important. All right. So, <laughs> now the farmer's desire was for the seed uh, to fall onto good fertile soil. Would you agree? Okay. But it was never the case that it was all good fertile soil. He knew that a proportion, a portion of, of, of the seed uh, would never produce. Uh, because back in that day there were footpaths that criss crisscrossed uh, through the fields um, and... 
any seed landing uh, there had no hope. Uh, the birds would be on it and it would be gone before the day was out. Uh, so before sowing, the, the farmer would plough his field. But under the surface, there was often plates of limestone. And if the plough uh, hadn't ripped open the soil uh, deep, deeply enough, um, it would do like one or two inches. Um, so on the surface, it would look good, but it was far too shallow for the crop. The seed would uh, germinate uh, in the shallow soil, and in fact, perhaps more quickly because uh, it, was, it was warmer due, due to that limestone plate underneath. But without depth, uh, the seed could never go on to be productive. It needs depth. Uh, that's the second soil. The third soil um, on which the seed uh, landed was ploughed, and it looked good. But in the soil, there were seed weeds. Weeds, seeds, seeds that's a hard one. Weed seeds, seeds, seeds of weeds as well. And so as the, far, as the farmer's seeds started to germinate, uh, so too with the weeds. The weeds would also be growing. And as we all know, uh, weeds grow faster than other crops because they're, they're native to that area, aren't they? Or they become native. They, they love it. So weeds always grow faster. Uh, and also more ferociously than anything else that's cultivated. So uh, amongst all those weeds, there'd be no crop uh, in the end. But the last soil was, of course, the good soil. And from this, the farmer would get a healthy return. Uh, so, in Palestine, a return of 10 bags uh, of seed for every one that was planted was considered to be very good. So when Jesus was speaking of returns of 30 to 1, or uh, 60 to 1, 100 to 1, he was speaking like super abundance, very good. So let's get a visual on this just to go back over it. So we've got the farmer, he sows the seed, a uh, path, some goes on the path, probably not the same path as that one there, it looks a bit modern. Path, uh, birds eat it, goes in the rocky places, uh, grows quickly but no root, so the plant withers. Uh, the third one among the thorns, and then uh, they choke, the, the, the weeds choke the plants. But the fourth one is the good soil in that crop. But the question that the disciples have is, what's the point, Jesus, isn't it? What's the point to the parable? And uh, we can often, one of the dangers, I think, in the parables, especially because we preach on them over and over and over again, is that we can kind of try and read too much into them. So, so Jesus is kind of, in, in this whole process, at the start of this, uh, this chapter, he's uh, kind of explaining how we should look at parables too. And, and uh, the general thought is that there's probably one particular thing that Jesus is trying to say when he speaks in parables. And in this case, he, uh, he tells us. And so he explains... The, uh, the parable. So the sower is uh, basically somebody who's uh, speaking the message that Jesus had been preaching all throughout Galilee. 
and that is the message of the kingdom. And that's the seed as well. So the sower is the one sowing. In this case, uh, it was Jesus sowing the message of the kingdom. Uh, and that is the seed. And then the soil. And uh, it's worth noting um, that the farmer doesn't create the seed, does he? The farmer doesn't create the seed. He just sows it. Um, so if the farmer's little children were to go out and help sow the seed, then... And they threw the seed into uh, good soil, then the seed would be just as potent, just as as viable as if the farmer sowed it. Right? It's important to remember that. It doesn't create the seed, and anybody that sows the seed, the seed can grow. Um, so it's the same. We don't create the message. We don't create the message of the kingdom. We get it from Jesus. Okay, we, if we go out starting to try and create our own message, no good. It's not the way. Uh, it, won't, it, won't, it won't work. It's, it's not the truth. So we sow the message that we got from him. And Jesus, uh, had, had, that's what he was preaching, the message that he received from God. So, um, and that's the same message that's been preached through the years. So all we do is proclaim a message that's been given to us. The message hasn't changed. The power to do uh, the changing is in the message itself. Uh, just as a farmer doesn't have to energise his seed, so we don't need to energise the message. Uh, you get the seed into the soil and it will start to act. So if we get the message into people's hearts, it will start to act. It's interesting, uh, I think, too, that um, we often criticise preachers and we talk of how well or how poorly uh, they have bought the message. Well, Jesus doesn't do that. He criticises the listeners, right? the soil. Uh, he looks at how well or how poorly people have listened or been able to listen to the message. So he says, some who hear are like hard roads, where there's no hope of the message sinking in. This person uh, is somebody who's completely indifferent uh, to God, who has no interest uh, whatsoever in spiritual things. Uh, it's a self-sufficient, self-satisfied kind of individual. Uh, the person who has no need for the message that we bring. And I, I kind of think they're like Superman, you know, where the, the bullets just bounce off him, kind of. I don't know, I thought that, I was thinking about that. But we don't really want bullets to penetrate. But we want the Word of God to penetrate in, you see. Um... But these people, too hard, and the message is, is gone. Um, some who here are like 
shallow uh, soil. And yes is their first response. They say they believe it all, uh, but what um, has happened is that they haven't been affected uh, in their feelings. It's a shallow response. They've uh, responded on a, on a social level maybe. Uh, they love the social life that, that church offers. They like certain things about the people of God, but they never ever have known what it is to have been shocked by their sin. They, they never wept and been shocked by their sin. Um, being really sad about the wrong things that they've done. Not really aware or, or, or even fearful of Judgment Day. Uh, never been desperate for a saviour. So they're not people that will hang on to Jesus no matter what the cost. Some of you here are like a soil full of weeds. Uh, they understand something of what Jesus is saying, but they're preoccupied. They, the whole matter of uh, time and eternity have never come home to them, really. They still see the things of this life as being all, like an end in, in, in themselves. They've got no concept of how short life is and how insignificant all their possessions and things are, so they get distracted and sidetracked and choked by this life. But there are some who hear the message uh, and are like good, fertile soil. Now, the question is, what makes good, fertile soil, isn't it? That's a good question. Um, so it's, and it's, it's, not, it's not that, people, that these people are uh, any less sinful um, or that they're more intelligent. Uh, in fact, many of those who believe... Uh, were terrible sinners. Many probably are not so bright. What makes them good soil is that they've heard and heard it well, the message of the kingdom. And they've responded to it. And it's these ones who bring forth fruit. The fruit is the crop uh, of people who do have Jesus as their king. The people who live under the authority of Jesus. And so it's important for us to, to, to remember that, or to, to, to be not thinking about four types, four types of people. Yeah, there's not four types of people, is there? Yeah, rhetorical question. There's not four types of, of people. There's only two isn't there? Only two types of people. The people of God and then everybody else. Really, that's what we see. Um, and, this, and, this, and that's the point of the parable. Uh, not everybody will respond to the message. Uh, Jesus wants his followers uh, to not be under an illusion like that. Um, 
they, they're to be like good farmers who doesn't think about uh, all day thinking about the seed that won't take, uh, won't take. Do you know what I mean? Like a, a farmer doesn't sit there going, um, let's, let's, let's think about the seed that's fallen onto the, the rock or the path or whatever. He thinks about his harvest. What are the ones that are going to grow up strong? And we should be the same. In Revelations 7, uh, 9 to 10, it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. For us, in our life, as we go about our daily business, as we think about, am I soft, am I, you know, what, what ground am I, or whatever... Um, think about other people. It's important for us to realise that thing about the seed. That the seed, the message of God, has the potential in it. And it's, it's him who brings the increase. I think I love um, Paul's uh, thoughts in 1 Corinthians 3, 5 to 9, where he says... What, after all, is Apollos? You know, what's Ash? What's, what's, what's Tig? Uh, only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither... The one who plants, nor the one who waters, is anything but only God who makes things grow. The one who planted and the one who, who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labour. For we are co-workers in, in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. So our thing is to is to um, to share with people and I, I always like the, the challenge for me as I think I've said before is that the soil um, is, is, is people is me and we can relate can't we to to being maybe different soils at different parts the different points in our life uh, maybe you can relate to 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 being uh, the hard heart where you just just all bounced off when you were younger or whatever, um, and that's why I say we should never give up on people because 
um, you know, there is the opportunity where, 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 people, um, where people change. But the point that Jesus is making here uh, is in relation to, remember, it's in relation to his attacks that, that are coming to him from the, um, from the Pharisees as well. And he, you know, remember he said their hearts were hard. And, uh, and uh, but Jesus, you know, he never gives up. He gives them the opportunity, doesn't he? Again, in this instance, he says, come and, and you know, if you don't understand it, I'll tell you what it is. This is what it is. And if you've got ears to hear, then, then you can change. Your, 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 your hard heart can be made soft. But it's only through the Holy Spirit that that, that, that can happen. But it is also that he uses us. He uses us in relationship with each other and with those that are around us to bring about those changes. And so I, I, love, I love this verse. Uh, and I'll finish on this one, Jeremiah 29, 11. And we often, uh, we often look at it and it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And we often just stop there and, and, and we get excited about that, that God has plans for us. Even when everything's going crap in our lives, God has plans that will prosper us and not harm us. Plans to give us a hope and a future. But we're looking long term, aren't we? We're not just looking at the short term. We're looking at eternity. But it goes on to say, doesn't it? Uh, because because th- these verses are written to Israel at that time. And they're written to Israel as a people, not, not to an individual. You know? So we, we claim these as individual promises from God. And yes, it is in line with God's character. So we can do that. But we have to, uh, uh, we have to read the next part that says, Then you will call on me. And come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. And we're all born in that state of captivity. We all need to be brought back. We all need to, um, to, to, to you know, as I've said before, fall on our knees and surrender ourselves to him and seek him with all of our hearts. And this parable of the seed, the ones that are that are on the good soil, they're the ones, aren't they? That know that, that have realized, yes, God's got a plan, God's got a purpose. Uh, he wants to prosper us, but it's in his way, it's in his, and I'm gonna trust in that. Whatever it looks like, you know. Um, I, I don't understand it fully right now, but I trust it and I trust him. And so I'm going to call on his name and I'm going to come and I'm going to pray and I know that he'll listen. And I'm going to seek him with all my heart and I know that I'll find him and I'll produce that crop in my life. Okay. Let's pray. Father God, again, I thank you for your, your love for us. Thank you for your word. Thank you that Jesus came and that he, uh, he was able to, to share and, and, and bring these um, uh, messages, these words, and that they've been printed 
on paper so that we can also hear them. And I just pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to work in us as we move from this place today. Help us to be the people you want us to be and help us to share that message um, with the people around us. Help us to love them. Uh, help us to be you in this world as we do that. We thank you that you empower us through your Holy Spirit to do those things. Help us to cling to you today and always uh, for your sake. In Jesus' name, amen.